And here we go. Welcome to Death Do Us Part podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. Hello. So today, um, we'll just get right into it, I guess. So we're going to be doing the Chris Watts case. Yeah. Which Mark kind of fought me on because it's so out there. Um, a lot of people have done the podcast. There's documentaries, everything like that. I have different different feelings. Well, and, yeah. I mean, some people might take offense to it. Which is, I was kind of going to give a disclaimer. So yeah. we had this as a request from Violet. Yeah. So we, are, we were like, all right. I said, let's do it. And Mark's like, nah, I don't really want to. But... I kind of, when I'm researching, I try to find some stuff that, like, maybe I haven't heard before. Yeah. So, I took a deep dive, like, headfirst into this fucking rabbit hole. Which Um, it is. Ended up having, like, extensive conversations with Laura, who actually has kind of the same feelings as I do. And Laura works with you. Yeah. So, I just want to put it out there that at no point in time... Are we victim shaming? No. At no point in time are we lessening Chris Twat's crimes. Right. Because he is he's a true legitimate monster. Yeah. But I feel as if there's a lot of untold things. Yeah. Everybody has the same agenda. Um, I think a lot, maybe some guys feel the same way yeah. I do and are too... Don't want to say afraid to put that out there. Right. So, <clears throat> again, I will say we are not in any way, shape, or form victim shaming no. or blaming. You know, victim blaming, and we're not lessening him and the monster that he is. Right. But there are different ways to look at things. Not that anything is an excuse for his behavior, because it's not. But there are different points of view that really aren't told. Right. And some of of my feelings, I've seen it. Mm -hmm. And I've dealt with it. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's tough, but... I mean, Mark and I have even disagreed about this case a lot prior to... Doing this, and I mean, since doing the research, like, yeah, we butted heads a lot yeah. on it. So, if you hear us arguing, that <laughs> we might have a couple interruptions, we and then our little guy is out playing. So, yeah, if he comes in, yeah. he'll probably yell D's nuts and then go into another room, right? So, we're hoping, not. and then I'm out of breath, yeah, just got done watching cops, yeah. Now, I did a little workout, so I'm sorry if I'm like. I didn't do shit today, but research this case and some laundry. Mm. I'm not even mad. I don't care. Made me a sandwich. Uh, No. So (laughs) this is 100% going to be a two-parter. If not three, I might be able to squeeze the rest of it into a two-part. But there's some stuff that, like... There's some paranormal aspects to this case that oh, nobody's yeah. really talked about. Um, there's some some aspects to the case of, of Chris afterwards and the interviews that he gave and why they went 
to get the interview. So there, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot that you don't hear about. Right. So this a hundred percent, um, it's going to be a hundred percent part two, two parts. And I think that's why I agreed with you that I would do this one because you did such a deep dive. Yeah. Because I know this has been done a lot by yeah. other podcasts. There's documentaries on it. and Yeah. Like, okay. And, and it but, all, I mean, it all goes off the same agenda, essentially. Yeah. So. But, yeah. I mean, I have my feelings. Yeah. And we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, before we get started, though, guys, we got our very first Patreon yesterday. We did. So shout out to Lola. You're the fucking best. Yep. Thank you so much. I will autograph whatever. You will not. Nobody <laughs> wants your fucking autograph. I feel like she needs my autograph. She doesn't want your fucking autograph. <laughs> Nobody does. Thanks. I mean, would you want your autograph? Well, I am awesome. Oh, oh my God. You married me. I know. That doesn't mean I want your fucking autograph. <laughs> so. All right. So you want to just kind of dive right in? Yeah. Okay. Why not? So this part, part one, we're just going to go over um, Chris and Shanann's childhoods. From what I could find out, uh, their dating history, them getting married and moving to Colorado. Okay. Part two will really touch on, I mean, I guess it's not a spoiler alert because everybody knows right. this case. We'll touch on um, the murders. That's what we'll really focus yeah. on the murders and Chris's actions afterwards and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. all right. You are going to hear paper shuff- papers shuffling because. Oh, you got a lot of them. I got like pages one, one B, one C, one D because I kept finding more like shit that I had to throw in. So. I apologize, but sorry, I'm not sorry. So Jesus, you got a lot. Oh, babe, there's, if you don't count the one B and the one C, I'm at almost 20 pages. Doesn't your hand hurt? Yes, look at my finger. But not all are front and back because Jax was trying to draw and I didn't want to waste the paper. Yeah, so I still He got pissed off at me last night when I was making fun of his drawing. (laughs) such a... You're a dick. You're a dick. Um, Just so everybody knows, when we do start making merch, our first T-shirt is going to say Parents of the Year on it. So anybody who wants to sign up for one of those. All right. So Chris Watts was born Christopher Lee Watts on May 16th, 1985. He was born to parents Ronnie and Cindy. He was a second child. He had an older sister whose name is Jamie. Mm. And she was six and a half years older than he was. He was born and raised in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And hang on, I gotta find Chris. So Chris idolized his father from an early age. Ronnie taught Chris car mechanics and quickly discovered that Chris actually had a natural talent for it. He was very shy and withdrawn like his father. He was an average student, but excelled at sports. His sister described him as a focused person who was obsessive and controlled and then said, quote, I really thought he was autistic, like he was on the spectrum. Hmm. She said everything had to be meticulous. His room had to be meticulous, the way he ate, the way he did things. But then I read Um, another source that said. Could be OCD. Well, yeah. 
I, I also read another source, too, that said that that's how their household ran. Like, that's just how it was. So, I don't know. He was super quiet and just, he did not have a lot of friends. He didn't, didn't really talk to people. Yeah. Um, he was described, though, as the perfect teenager. Not only by his mom, but a teacher of his. So in high school, I thought for a while, by the way, they went to the same high school because one went to Pinewood and one went to Pinecrest, and I was so tired staring. I was like, holy shit, did they go the same? No, they didn't. Well, like out here, you have Payless Heights, Payless Hills. Right, right. Payless Park. Yeah. Like, Jesus. So in high school, he actually was in a mechanics type class, I guess. Not like shop class, but like a mechanics class. Mm -hmm. And the teacher said he just... He excelled. He was just a natural at what he was doing, and he was one of the best students that he had. Mm. Now, one thing that Chris and his dad really bonded over was NASCAR. They Mm. had gone to over 200 races, and Chris's dream was to actually be um, a NASCAR mechanic in, like, a pit crew. Ricky Bobby? Ricky Bobby. So because of this, his his parents... uh, kind of got together enough money to send him to NASCAR Technical Institute, which is what? a thing. Yes, after graduating high school. Why haven't I gone to this? Because uh, you don't know dick about cars. True, yeah. but that is amazing. Yeah, it's an actual fucking school. Oh, yes. Yeah. So they Can did... you imagine the hillbillies there? Oh, my God. I, you probably shouldn't say that because we might have NASCAR listeners on I, here. I'm, it is what it is. Uh, NASCAR's... I. I've been to a race. I don't... I have two, actually. Really? Yep. So then we're both hillbillies. Um, Calumet Park. Race Really? Way. Yep. Well, that would make sense. Had then. no clue. And yeah. my mom took, I think, me and Mike. Your mom took you guys? Yeah. She took us. And Did the wind from the cars knock her over? <laughs> but then... Sure enough, they they tore that that place down. I was going to say that part doesn't doesn't exist. Anymore, had does it? no clue when I first got on as a police officer there. Had no clue. Never put two and two together. Nope, because I was so young. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what racetrack we were at. I feel that's very weird that your mom would take you and Mike. Yeah, she was into it. Which is weird. She still is. Really? Yeah. That's odd. I mean, a she's also roller, a fucking like, Packers fan, too, Yeah, though, she's so. a Packers fan, like, beyond strict Catholic. Yeah, holy roller. Yeah, but she she likes cars, yeah. Well, okay. And, like, That's, the total opposite of my dad. Yeah. I don't think your dad gives a shit about cars. No, he doesn't. No, uh-uh. Which is why I'm assuming you know nothing about cars. Exactly. I, my dad taught me how to jump a car and change a tire. I can so. change a tire, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's enough. No. Whatever. Triple H. Or triple A, not triple, triple H. H. Jesus Christ. Time to play the game. So there is a, a pay-per-view tonight. Yeah. Anyways, so he went to NASCAR Technical Institute in 2003. He was 120 miles away from home. So this is really like his taste, his first taste of being away from home and being in like the big city. Yeah. Uh, around this time, his sister Jamie moved out and got married. Chris ended up getting a part-time job at a Ford dealership. And between school and his part-time job, he rarely went back home. 
Quote, I never came back, and I think that hit my dad pretty hard. Now, allegedly, and I say that allegedly because, you know, um, to cope, Ronnie actually started snorting cocaine. Really? Yes. And Hmm. quickly became addicted. He started losing a bunch of weight, getting bloody noses all the time, but he was spending so much money, his wife actually confronted him to see if he had a whole other family because he was spending all of this money. Mm. So they had a family meeting. Chris came back for the meeting. Jamie came back for the meeting. And it was essentially an intervention that was staged by Chris. And Ronnie did say that he was so depressed over Chris leaving, that's how he was coping. Wow. So in the staged intervention, they they were like, you need, you need to fucking stop. Yeah. And his wife was quoted as saying that he stopped right there and then. Good for Never him. Never did it again. Wow. So it's just, it's a weird addiction for yeah. an older gentleman to. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. That's kind of, kind of weird. It is. You would think booze, but yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Chris graduated the NASCAR Technical Institute in 2006 sent out a shit ton of applications, only had one interview, which really didn't pan out, and did not have luck getting on a NASCAR team. Hmm. If he was disappointed, he didn't talk about it. He hit it well. So he then got a full-time job working at a Mooresville Ford dealership. His mom said he was making good money, and he enjoyed it. At this time, he found his first steady girlfriend. He did not date in high school. Yeah. Um, the one teacher said that some girls did have crushes on him, but he just didn't, he didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. So he found his first steady girlfriend and he was, uh, quote, I was helping her get through a divorce and then she went off with someone else. And I'm like, oh, nice to know. So we kind of got fucked over. Yeah. So then we now have Shanann. So, is it Cheyenne or no. Shanann? So, okay, I got into this Reddit, <clears throat> yeah. like, rabbit hole, which Reddit is a fucking rabbit hole. Oh, I've I ever know been it is. It. Yeah. So, a lot of people said that she was born Shannon Watts and that she changed her name. Mm-hmm. Um, her dad, actually, in a press conference, calls her Shannon. But I couldn't find anything to show that she had changed her name. As a matter of fact, I found that she was named after a group from the 60s or 70s called Shanana. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Chris pronounces it Shanann. Her friends pronounce it Shanann. So that's kind of what we're going with. So she was born Shanann Catherine Ruschek, which is almost like Chicago PD. On January 10th of 1984, two parents, Frank and Sandra Ruschek. She did have an older brother named Frankie Jr. She was born in Paciac County, New Jersey, but dad moved them to Moore County, North Carolina in 1999 to get better job opportunities. So the one thing that is always said about Shanann is that she stood out with her vibrant personality and her intelligence. She was, however, uh, a sickly child who needed constant medical attention. Her dad said, quote, when she was a baby, we took her to all kinds of doctors because she always had migraines. Never really found a reason. And to the day, I mean, of the event, she was being treated for migraines. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So she was actually very insecure and often bullied. Her brother, Frankie, became her protector and basically, like, they used to poke her on the school bus. Like, li- literally, like, poke her. And Frankie would just threaten him, like, I'm, I'm beat your ass, knock it off. It sounds like a right-hand man, Frankie. Yeah, hey, Frankie, it does. Up. It does. So in high school, after they moved to North Carolina, she signed up for a theater class, which was actually kind of odd for her because she was so shy. Yeah. However, because of the setting that they were in, it was a group setting. They had to work together. They had to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. She actually began to thrive in this group. She gained confidence and a brand new set of friends. Mm. She opened up a lot to her theater teacher. I don't know if I question this. They became very close. Um, she would go to him all the time and talk about her, quote, horrible home life. Yeah. Um, about how, you know, her dad was kind of a dick and their parents were getting divorced. And yeah. Now, I couldn't find anything else other than this teacher's interview whose name i won't mention Mm -hmm. her parents never did divorce they've been married 34 years or something like that so they never did divorce but and i couldn't really find anything about him being like an absent dad either yeah other than this that's interesting so she spent a lot of time with this theater teacher to the point that the principal actually intervened and sent her to a guidance counselor to talk to somebody like who was you know supposed to be yeah that's kind of weird like a male teacher yeah uh... so she continued to see him though uh very much viewed him as a confidant and said that he was more of a father figure to her than her own father so if there was something going on between the two of them it never came out yeah you know so Shanann met a man, a boy, not I guess maybe a man, by the name of Leonard King her senior year. She got married right after she graduated, like 18 years old, got married. Yeah. She started college and he joined the army because he wanted to go to law school, law school, so he figured GI Bill would pay for it. Right. She ended up dropping out of college, later stating, quote, I never completed college. I started into a bad relationship and quit college to take care of him so he could go through law school. It's a little Betty Broderick-esque. Yeah. Broderick-esque, yeah. Um, Yeah, it is. Mm. So they ended up, got it. They ended up filing for divorce in 2008. Now, he was later interviewed, like, after all this happened. He couldn't say exactly what year they got married or exactly what year they got divorced. <laughs> so he said they were married in roughly 2002, 2003, and divorced in roughly 2007, 2008. <laughs> he cared about the marriage. Cared, like, yeah. Uh, also said uh, he had not communicated with her in 10-ish years. Now... <laughs> She said, you know, she's quoted as saying in multiple places that it was a bad relationship and almost implied that he treated her like shit. Now, he, on the other hand, interviewed saying that she got this job and she, you know, she was working at um, a pager store, actually. She was selling cell phones and pagers. Oh, really? Yeah. And then the owner of the company bought another shop, and I can't fucking remember the name of it dirty something was not what you would think it was like a custom rims and like yeah yeah and when she started working for the second shop she like stopped coming home 
She was spending more time at work and just like completely shut down. Didn't want to fix the marriage. Didn't even want to try. Which is probably why he doesn't fucking remember when they were actually exactly. married. Because, like I mean, they were, he was also very young. Yeah. So, <clears throat> hang on, I gotta find my page now. 103. I know, I know. So, no, I had it, 1D, there we go. So, she started working, like I said, for that pager store, and yeah. she essentially started over as a 23-year-old divorcee, yeah. which brought back all of her childhood insecurities. So the one thing she said that she wanted to do was she wanted to buy her own home. Yeah. So at 25 years old, she built a fucking mansion, um, like a 12-room home. Yeah, I saw it. She built. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Now, she said it was the biggest accomplishment ever. She signed a $309,000 mortgage on November 30th of 2009 for the home at 1000 Peninsula Drive in Belmont, North Carolina, which is a very, like, uppity suburb. Yeah. Um, Her brother said, though, at the time, she was earning an estimated half a million dollars a year. What? What the fuck were you doing? Yeah. What were you doing? Should we work for a pager store? What Do I need to go sell rims? Dude. Yeah. And she was, her gross earnings were legitimately close to $500,000 in, in that fiscal year. Well, I mean, I wonder if she's working on commission, too. Uh, she wasn't, but. no, she wasn't in the shop selling shit. She ended up, so the pager store, she was a bookkeeper for. And then when the owner bought this other store, she became like a bookkeeper for them. And she would manage both of the places and drive in between the two in a custom Escalade. Dude, Just I need this up. job. This is what I'm fucking saying. Like, where Holy is this guy? Shit. Call me. Right. Let's talk. I'm available. Yeah. So, I mean, the house, it's huge. Yeah, it, it, it looked nice. So, I actually wrote in my notes, um, how the fuck were you making 500 grand a year selling pagers? Yeah. Whatever. Teach his own. Now, pagers I, were popular. They were I will throw in here, and I'm not I'm not quoting it as truth. I'm not saying it's truth. And to be honest with you, it's very hard to look into. Mm-hmm. A few sources said that Chris Watts had been arrested three times and Shanann Watts had been arrested 15. Yeah. Now, there's no... Um, there's no information about any charges. Mm-hmm. And people question whether it was actually Shanann Watts or a different woman named Shannon Watts who had very similar information to hers. Or what I've seen before because of the arrests she changed her name. See and that's why a lot of people were saying that's why she changed her name to yeah. Shanann because she had been arrested however I mean her parents said that they named her Shanann after yeah. the 70s group, but then her dad ends up calling her Shannon yeah. in a press conference. So I don't know. That's, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know how much truth there is to it. You literally cannot find anything on a legal website about the charges, anything. Like, really, mostly what you can find is people fucking arguing about it on Reddit. Hmm. So it's possible. It's also not possible. 
Yeah. I don't know, but I wanted to throw that in there because that was something I never heard. There's also nothing about Chris's um, arrests either. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. So she, however, um, started to feel like shit. Like her hair started falling out. She lost about 40 pounds. uh, Couldn't get out of bed for days. She ends up going to the doctor, and in May of 2010, she was diagnosed with lupus, which Mm. is an autoimmune disorder for people who don't know. I don't know if you knew that. No. She then, um, she actually, she quit her job after that, which she she was working there for nine years, making fucking $500,000 a year. Yeah. You know? But she said... That she quit her job because, quote, they didn't understand that I looked perfectly fine and I felt horribly inside. She said that she was in a really, really, really bad place at the time and she didn't feel that her employers understood, so she she left. She was having a hard time working anyways, just, you know, because of her symptoms. So in 2010, a mutual contact of Chris and Shanann, one source said it was his cousin or her cousin, excuse me, sent a prompt to Shannon to friend Chris on Facebook. Yeah. She deleted it. She was like, fuck you. I'm not like, she was just like, fuck everything, yeah, pretty much. She wasn't, right. you know, she wasn't feeling it. So two months after that, that's when she was diagnosed with lupus. And she said that she, quote, went through one of the, I would say, darkest times of my life because things just kept getting scarier. That's when she... She quit her job because they didn't really understand. She was in a bad place, and she got another friend request from Chris himself on Facebook. This time, she thought to herself there was no harm really in accepting it because she's like, it's fucking Facebook. I'm never going to meet him. Cool. Accept. Yeah. So they ended up meeting um, not too long afterwards. They went on a blind date. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So... She herself said that she really tried to push him away because she was just in such a shit time in her life. She was sick, you know. She she just pushed him away yeah. all the time. She took him to a colonoscopy, um, all of her doctor's appointments, and she said that he was just phenomenal. Here's a little yeah. man. She was he was just phenomenal with sticking around, dealing with her illness, taking her to procedures, and dealing with her canceling plans at the last minute. Yeah. She did say, though, that she completely fell for Chris on their third date when she fell asleep with her head in his lap, and he didn't move for three hours. He just let her sleep. Hmm. So she then actually took him to a fancy movie theater for a date where, like... Fancy, like dress up, wearing dresses, suits, and he showed up. I don't have time for that. No, he showed up very underdressed, and he assumed that this made her no longer interested. So he actually pursued her harder. Hmm. Now she, I mean, she was in love at this point. Yeah, she's like this guy. I like, I'm sick. Like I can't do shit. I'm laying on the ground. I gained fucking fifty pounds. She ended up gaining wait in six months from yeah the medicine that she was on and she just was in a shit place in her life and he really was there for her 
he took her to her appointments. He took care of her. He made sure she took her medicine. Like, he really, he really just took care of her. Yeah. So, in 2011, he proposed. And he moved in with her in her fucking mansion. Yeah. In August of 2012, they actually sold the home. Oh. Now, it appeared that... So, they sold the home to a gentleman by the name of Byron Falls. And he said that they appeared to be in a rush to sell the house, even leaving furniture as part of the sale. I also found that when she signed the deed over, she was living in Colorado at the time. So they had already moved. They were gone to Colorado. Hmm. Um, Yeah. They came back, however, to North Carolina, and they were married in Mecklenburg County in North Carolina on November 3rd of 2012. After using fertility treatments because of her lupus, she was told she wouldn't be able to conceive naturally. So they used fertility treatments. They found out they were pregnant. Hmm. Now, like most couples, they had a bit of a rocky start financially, which I could imagine because she at this point is not really working because of her illness. And he's working at a a car dealership. So she went from making 500 grand a year to nothing, which is I'm assuming why they were in such a fucking rush to sell the house because... It's a $309,000 mortgage. Yeah. You know? So they found out, you know, they found out Shanann was pregnant and they wanted to get a fresh start. So they moved to Colorado. Shanann had friends in Colorado. She had previously visited, thought it was absolutely beautiful and fell in love. So they thought this would be a great place to go. Yeah. They had a house built out there and they stayed with this particular friend while they were having the house built. In May of 2013, the couple signed the uh, $399,000 mortgage. And I'm bringing up their finances for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, They signed a $399,000 mortgage for the home at 2825 Saratoga Trail in Frederick, Colorado. Now, when they first got to Colorado, which is in some point in 2012, they were both working at a Ford dealership in Longmont. She was in internet sales. He was on the floor as a mechanic. Yeah. In 2013, she started working as an HR specialist at a children's hospital. It was a children's hospital, Colorado, Anschutz, I believe, medical campus in Aurora, Colorado. Mm. Now, some people say she worked at a call center. Yeah. But I found HR specialist, so I don't know. Either HR specialist or call center. One of the two she was doing in the children's hospital. On December 17th of 2013, Bella Marie Watts was born. Shanann was... I like that name. I do too. Uh, Shanann was completely over the moon about her first baby girl, and Bella was immediately a mama's girl. Yeah. Chris did admit, however, he didn't immediately bond with Bella because he didn't have a fucking clue what he was doing. Mm. So he did eventually figure it out and, by all accounts, was actually a really good father. I mean, new dads, that's... You didn't have a fucking I, clue I, either. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was afraid to hold Jax. You couldn't be alone with him. He was too small. Yep. I, I was scared to death. I had no clue. So, oh. uh, <clears throat> and then the first time you do leave us alone... Uh, <laughs> the first time I left him alone, I literally went down the street to pick up a fucking pizza. <laughs> and Mark put a electrical tape mustache on our child. <laughs> Who was like three months old. And he was trying to eat it all. He was trying to eat it, yeah. But it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like a miniature Mario. He did. 
It was ridiculous. <laughs> Where the fuck did you even find electrical tape to make a mustache is what I want to know. So I don't know. But, I mean, it was either that or a Sharpie, and I figured you'd get I pissed. would have fucking <laughs> killed you if you drew a mustache on him. Yeah, so oh it was the God. electrical tape. You would have to. <laughs> so, in January of 2015, Chris left the Ford dealer when he was offered a job as an operator at Anadarko Petroleum. So an operator at a petroleum uh, facility controls the refining or processing units for the petroleum to make it oil, essentially. Yeah. After another round of fertility treatments, Shanann found out she was pregnant again. Hmm. In June of 2015, Chris and Shanann file for Chapter 7 bankruptcy protection, claiming $448,000 in liabilities. Whoa. Meaning they were $448,000 in debt. Damn. Which I'm assuming included their home. Yeah. Because that's generally how that goes. Wow. So they had medical debt, credit card debt, student loans, and the mortgage on the $400,000 home. And that really took away their financial stability. Yeah, I would say. So for reasons made unclear in the filing, and I couldn't find it anywhere else, the couple's combined income. Are you taking your pills now? Go figure. Yeah. Um. The couple's combined income was dropping rapidly. Yeah. In the 2013 fiscal year, they had a combined income of $147,256. In the fiscal year of 2014, they had a combined income of $90,789. And at the time of their filing, which was halfway through 2015, they had a combined income of $40,451. Whoa. So... There's nothing to show why it was dropping. And if, if they were on par, you know, when they filed, they would have made 80 grand, which is odd because he had a brand new job. Yeah. So, and, I mean, it sounds like a decent job that, mm-hmm. would, pay, that would pay, you yeah. know, fairly well. Yeah. Oh, so, that's... on July 17th, 2015, Celeste CC, that's what they called her. Mm hmm. Catherine Watts was born. The couple was super excited to welcome their second daughter, and Bella loved her little sister. Cece. I like that name, too. Different from her sister, was immediately a daddy's girl. Mm. She had to be around daddy. Yeah. In January of 2016, Shanann quits her job as, uh, you know, at the Children's Hospital and starts working for Lavelle, which is a nutrition supplement company. Now, is this the company that is making her post? Yes. All the... Yes. Dear Lord. So, she was a brand promoter focusing on Thrive, which was a... It was a weight loss program. So, this is an MLM. This is a multi-level marketing deal. This is one of those, like, I'm going to buy a bunch of shit, and then I'm going to sell it to my friends, and then I'm going to ask them if they want to sell a bunch of shit kind of thing. I get it. But, like, I feel like some of the, the posts yeah. were just, I, I get you're trying to market and trying to put it out there, but everything yeah. was, like, on Facebook. So, Shanann took to Facebook to promote the product. She can often be seen in the post wearing the weight loss patch. Chris also started on the Thrive program, but he hated being in the promotional videos. Like, I just yeah. didn't like it. Because it was probably all, it was all the fucking time. Yeah. 
He said, quote, I did it for her, but like it was, I just hated being out there for everybody to see because Chris was actually a little on the heavier side. Yeah, I um, saw a picture of him. Yeah, he was about 245 pounds. And that comes into play later. God, that makes not. me feel like a fat ass. You're telling me. Jesus. Ugh. So he said, I never wanted to be out there. Yeah. Uh, he did say Shanann was the sales salesman type. Quote, she could sell everything you're wearing back to you. So Shanann actually had instant and major success selling this product. Yeah. So she was on Facebook all the fucking time promoting it. But it worked out because she eventually started making $80,000 a year. Ooh, all right. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> and they gave her fucking Lexus. Why? Because she did so well in one year. They gave her a fucking Lexus, a Dude, Lexus SUV. We found the wrong fucking jobs. Well, I mean, I'm generally not a nice person, so I don't think I could sell shit. Oh, fuck no. Yeah, we'd be screwed. Now, on top of that, they, uh, the couple enjoyed multiple paid vacations. Yeah. San Diego, Mexico, Dominican Republic, and they were, quote, all-inclusive, no work, all fun vacays. And they were all paid for by the company. Yeah. So, again, she was very active on Facebook and felt the customers needed to see her doing so well on these products to promote her business, especially with her having lupus. Yeah. So she was able to lose the weight that she had gained from the lupus, and she was feeling great as far as anyone could tell on these products so she wanted the world to see that right and like i said it it fucking worked you know mm -hmm. but then on the other hand is it too much facebook yeah i i thought it was most of shanann's videos are still up and there's i would venture to say that there are thousands yes of them yeah i i get you're trying to market but every dude like everything was up there yeah everything it, it, it just it, it was too much to me yeah and he's i mean he's in some of the videos yeah he frequently would kind of have like a cameo yeah um and she was, would have like a lot of them too like she's making a smart ass comment about yeah i was him. just gonna say there was one video in particular where he dressed up as santa yeah and she kind of she kind of was shitty to him because he left his phone in the garage. She was. And she's like, well, how am I supposed to film the kids if you left your phone in the garage? And then made the comment that he just, he never listened. Yeah. So, and he just kind of sat there like a hurt dog. Yeah. And took it. So he would sometimes go on these trips with Shanann, but for most of the time he stayed home probably because of work. Shanann did post a ton of pictures to draw potential new supplement sellers to sign up for the company because that's how she made money. Right. She mostly posted videos of her everyday life, boasting about the kids, Chris, and how happy they were, um, multiple times stating how Chris is her rock. He does so much to take care of her and the girls, and he was, quote, the best dad us girls could ask for. She posted regularly about run-of-the-mill daily casual encounters um, from generally a social media influencer shit that you would see on like yeah. Instagram and all that shit every day stuff that I just I, I can't how the fuck are you chipper 24 7 and that's see like with all all that she's posting it's almost like you're trying to put on an act yeah 
like a lot know, of people happy- actually said that after the fact yeah like i have the happiest family mm-hmm. look at this yeah. you know like we get it like and i can't stand like people our age <coughs> you know like drinking or something and they'll post it or post it on snapchat and like i get it i have a, a beer in my fridge right like yeah. You're fucking almost 40 years old. Like, <clears throat> time to knock it off. Right. Now, when Chris would appear in the video, he appeared to be a normal, loving husband, and the chemistry between the two of them was very obvious and garnered many comments, such as couple goals. Yeah. So, I mean, they really did. You could, on the videos, you could tell. She was shitty to him on some of them. But for most of the videos, I mean, they seem, and it doesn't look like an act, they appear to be a very happy couple. Uh, Most of the, I watch, babe, there's a thousand videos and I watch a shit ton more than you did. This is kind of where my feelings come in. It's, I kind of disagree. I think a lot of the videos were just kind of an act. The ones they showed, yeah. The ones that I researched, I mean, there's quite a few where they do. They look like a happy, loving couple that's not really faking it. Now, on the videos that are in the documentary on Netflix, a lot of those, he's not, he does not look happy. No. Yeah. And she's trying to film everything. Right. We've got the happiest family. Mm -hmm. Look at us. Like, dude, enough. Yeah. Enough. Sell your product and... We don't need to fucking see you eating well, breakfast, Chris lunch, was, and dinner. Chris was on the products also, <clears throat> which is a big reason why he was in a lot of the videos too. So he was in, he was on it too. They're weight loss patches and, and shit like that. So in early 2018, Chris told Shanann that he wanted another baby. He hmm. wanted a boy. Yeah. So they began trying not thinking anything would happen because remember they had to use fertility treatments with the girls yeah on june 11th of 2018 shanann makes a facebook video to announce her pregnancy to chris this is really the first video where he's like what the fuck he is not happy yeah so he comes in from work and she's wearing a shirt that says oops we did it again which is super cute by the way Mm. and had the test laid out for him yeah He walks in the room, sees her shirt, and starts to laugh almost uncomfortably. Yeah, it was. He looks very surprised and says kind of shitty. I guess if you want something bad enough, it happens. He then questions the pregnancy test, asking if the pink lines meant they were having a girl. Yeah. Because he he didn't want a fucking girl. He wanted a boy. Uh, Yeah. Um, it has need some testosterone. It was found. Um, I saw in a couple sources that he offered to uh, sell the baby to a guy at work if it was a girl. Like joking? I or? don't know. Uh, I mean, when he said it, was he probably joking? Yes. Do yeah. they say now? No, he was trying to sell the baby. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Shanann and the girls uh, were actually scheduled to take a weeks-long trip to North Carolina to see both of their families. Mm-hmm. Chris was scheduled to fly out for the last week because he couldn't get the time off of work. Yeah. So they left June 27th, and Chris flew out on the 31st Mm -hmm. of July. 
Um, almost after immediately arriving in North Carolina, Shanann noticed that Chris really wasn't initiating conversation with her. Yeah. They, there are so many text messages. Yeah, and the um, documentary shows some of them. Which is so much easier in the documentary because you could read them versus me saying them. So a lot of text messages, I will quote a few things in them, but I will really kind of just summarize what was said. Yeah. And even then there's thousands of text messages yeah. that I couldn't that I couldn't put in. Well, you you women lo- love to text. Yeah, I, I mean, do. You don't talk on the phone at all. Oh, I it's... fucking hate talking on the yeah. phone. I hate it. And people know like if I'm calling you, someone's dead. And I'm starting to get that way too. I hate and like it. Ugh, my mom, God bless her, Ugh. but like she doesn't get it. And she does not. She'll stop. call five times like, yeah. "Mom, just fucking send me a text my mom doesn't really like to talk on the phone either no your mom gets it thank god Uh, so she knows if i'm calling her like i either need something right away or something's wrong but i mean even my friends know you know when i called two of the girls at at pick i called ashley and jackie because a tornado was coming they both said they answered only because they knew something was wrong i don't fucking call i don't like pick was my previous job yeah Yeah. so people my girls shout out to my girls yeah. So they were cool. They were. They are. They still are. Everybody's kind of uh, spread no, out now. You yeah, know? everyone moved. Yeah. Um, Heather has um, uh, the notebook house, basically. Yeah, oh, my down God. Down in Tennessee. We're coming to stay. Just so you know. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. So. And then Ashley. Is down in Florida. Yeah. Which we should go stay also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the rest of us are fucking stuck here. Yeah. So. I think Crystal... Crystal's in Ohio, yeah. so she's close enough. Yeah. Yeah. couple hour drive. Yeah, not bad. She comes home all the time. Yeah. So, so immediately, Shanann started noticing that Chris really didn't want to fucking talk to her. Mm-hmm. So... Which happens. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want to talk uh, to you. Listen, <laughs> there are times that you call me and I look at the phone and I'm like, motherfucker. I know. So I get it. The first couple days, there were minutes long conversations, eight minutes, 11 minutes, stuff like that. You know, he would talk to the girls. Yeah. But then he kind of just stopped and she would then text him and be like, what the fuck? Like, what's wrong? Why don't you want to talk to me? And, And he's like, oh, I'm okay. Work gave me more responsibility. I'm so sorry. Like, bullshit. Total. Yeah bullshit yeah um at one point she tried to facetime him like six or seven times and he ignored him so she sent him really a shitty message which as far as i'm concerned he deserved she's like i get it you're tired but you need to call your fucking kids yeah they had been there for two weeks and he had at no point initiated a phone conversation with them she then sent him a message uh july 10th asking him what was wrong if he was okay because he didn't seem like himself or that he wanted to talk and he said that you know he had a lot of shit going on at work again and he was tired and she sent it sent him back quote i wish my husband wanted to talk to me which is a little sad yeah so chris was becoming more and more unresponsive to his wife while they were gone um, during the end of the second week, beginning of the third week, Shanann was at uh, 
Chris's parents' house visiting with the girls um, so his parents could see the girls because they all live in North Carolina, you know? Yeah. Cindy, his mom, went to serve. I think there was two other grandkids there because she kept referring to four kids. Yeah. Um, Cindy went to serve the four grandkids ice cream that had peanut chips in it. Mm-hmm. And Shanann actually came in right before they were about to eat it. So Cece has a shit ton of allergies, yeah. one of which is nuts. So Shanann allegedly freaked out, screaming that Cindy was trying to kill her baby. Then, so. Which they, is nutty. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, on the other hand, like peanut allergies, you got about four fucking minutes to give Epi. Like you got about four minutes to fix that. So I get, I, I get it to a point, but I yes. think because there was such a lack of relationship prior to, I think that escalated it. Yeah. But I mean, is grandma even thinking about it? She's got other grandkids. Well, so know, it with... does, it actually does come up. So she, they took the, the ice cream away from Cece and yeah. She screamed. She's fucking two. Yeah. She wanted ice cream. Right. So then Cindy actually made the comment that they need to learn that you can't always get what you want. Which, whatever. Yeah. So Shanann, though, with her freak out, was yelling that, you know, you're trying to kill my baby, blah, blah, blah. Which is way too much. Now, Cindy says that she had no idea about Cece's allergies. But Shanann had actually sent uh, Cindy and Ronnie a list of foods that Cece could eat and a list of stuff that she needed to completely stay away from or it would cause an allergic reaction. Because people with peanut allergies, even just being in the same room with it can, can, I mean, it could kill you. So Cindy said that she didn't know. Shanann, I supposedly sent her a list prior to. They probably fucking threw that note. In the they garbage. probably threw it in the fucking trash. They probably didn't even that's, read it, to be honest with yeah, you. That's so. Um, Shanann, though, know, we're the grandparents. They're at our house now. Fuck you. We're gonna do what we we're, want. Exactly, right. like grandparents do. Spoil so, their, their grandkids. I get both sides. As I, I do too. But as like, a as a paramedic, I get it. Because literally, I mean, we have four minutes to fucking fix you before we have to cut your throat open to give you an airway. It's that quick. Yeah. So I get it. But then with the grandparents, they fucking give the kids whatever they want. Exactly. You know? Uh, that note went into the garbage. Right. They're right. at our house now. Right. Let us enjoy the kids. So this fight became so contentious that Cindy actually kicked Shanann out of her home. Shanann then sent a series of text messages to Chris. Um, Some of these I will sum up. Like I said, some of them I will quote uh, regarding the incident. The first one said, quote, you should call your dad and tell him you did not appreciate your mom putting your daughter at risk today, nor do you like that she teased our girls. You should also say you don't appreciate her saying that they have to learn they can't always get what they want. They are two and four. That was the part about the ice cream. Yeah. Chris responded with, quote, I will call him and tell him what I think about this. It's not fucking cool and all because it's the kids. 
which I think was just to satisfy yes. her. He said, I will, I will set this right. It's unknown whether or not Chris actually spoke to his parents. Um, I doubt it. Based off of a long fucking text that Shanann ended up sending him, I don't think he did talk to no, them. No, I don't think so either. I think that response was just right. to, dude, you're already too much. Right. Just, okay, so whatever. The I mean, like when we get into an argument, I just, okay, I get it. <sighs> hate Which you hate, right. but it just it's over okay you're right so whatever his parents actually blocked both of them on social media all social media outlets and did not attend a birthday party for cc that they were invited to mm. didn't come to it so i'll just i'll summarize this little touch i here. mean it would have been awkward mm -hmm. you think Mm -hmm. so, but, but as adults? Yeah. I, on both sides. Yeah. On both sides. I mean, yeah. You, you be adults for the kids. Right. You know. So she sent this long text to Chris. I'll just summarize it. Um, she said she didn't create an issue with him and his dad, that his parents caused it, and she stands by her previous actions. The kids and her have nothing to say to them, and their home isn't safe. He can tell them whatever he wants, but an apology won't do shit because it's not sincere and she knew what she was doing. Uh, Shanann said that basically his mom was willing to risk the kids' lives oh, just to get God. under her skin and piss her off. She said that Cindy is evil and him and his dad are no different if they're okay with it. She Dude. finishes the text with, quote, there's nothing wrong with me and I'm not crazy. I just love my kids way too much. I, there's a bit crazy well in there, there I'm is sorry. i'm sorry if anyone takes offense to that there is to a point a, so now my there. next note is that there was never a relationship with her and her in-laws ever right so that i think has a lot to do with this yeah. um cindy especially did not like shanann um chris was actually quoted as saying that his mom never thought shanann was good enough for him and that his mom and his sister felt that Shanann took Chris away from them and ran away to Colorado. And how, how do you feel as a parent with that? I have a lot that I feel about this particular issue right here, to be I honest mean, with I, you. Short and sweet, I, I think parents know. Well, the... The relationship or lack thereof was always there. We, um, I mean, just look at our daughter. I yeah. mean, we, friends of hers. Mm -hmm. Nail it we, every time. It, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say we're, we're fucking right all the time, but we're pretty fucking right. It's more than 60% right of the it, time. Yeah, more. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but yeah, you, you get a feeling yeah. right off the bat. And especially in our line of work. Yeah. I, we, we know. I can spot you little fuckers. Yeah. I yeah. I know who's faking it and yeah. putting an act on. and. So there was never a relationship, like I said, between her and his parents to the point that they didn't attend their wedding. They didn't go to the wedding. Yeah. And Chris was upset um, and actually shut down for a few weeks after the wedding. I feel like 
I mean, it's, it's, I can't imagine maintaining a relationship when your parents feel so strongly against your spouse. Yeah. My mom, I'm pretty sure, loves you more than me. (laughs) Right. Lynn loves you more than me. Like, (laughs) you know, I'm an asshole. You're so, I can't imagine like having to deal with a spouse who, whose parents hate you. It, It can't be good. No. Especially because, Chris and his dad had a very, very close relationship. I mean, the guy started fucking snorting cocaine when he went to college, for right. fuck's sake. So I feel as if, and I'll just throw that out, throw this out there. Throw I, it out. I think this had a lot more to do with the murders than people give it credit for. I 100% agree I really with do. You. Yep. Um, I think this ice cream fight was the straw that broke the camel's back, and... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to more text messages. So, I I just I really do feel like this had a lot more to do with it than yeah, people I do too. give it you know credit for. So the second half of the text messages was just as bad. She accuses Chris of not missing her and wanting to be alone, and he really hasn't acknowledged this pregnancy. She said she's not going to be treated like shit for standing up for her family and should get a quote gold fucking medal for not saying more to his parents for their stupidity. Dude. No one ever stands up to them for their behavior. And she finished the text with, quote, I also don't control what you do. If you want to hang out with your parents today, by all means, do so, but without us. And what was his response to that? Uh, Well, then she said, so don't put it on me why you can't go. You're your own person. See, I would have responded, fuck you. So... Oh, there's more. So he responded with, um, the kids are his world. And yes, his mom screwed up. But then he also says, quote, I'm sorry for the way I've been acting. It's just been in my head and I haven't been right at all. So this fight is really bothering him. Yeah. He's acknowledging it. And he's trying to, like, side with her. Right. And she's not, she doesn't. No, when she needs to hear, he should have said, fuck you. No, but he wouldn't. She was the bossy one. He was yes. the not bossy one. And that's that's why they matched. And that's how I think their whole relationship yeah. was. She was very dominant. And he was just kind of easy go. You yeah. know, easy come, easy go. And so, yeah. go along with the flow. Shanann responded uh, by saying, rhymed. yeah, mm-hmm. um, again, that she protected their daughter from his parents' stupidity. He responded again, trying to console her, but, you know, that he thanks her a million times. But he's also trying to defend his parents in this round of text messages. He's saying that they do want to be in the kids' lives, but right now they don't know how to be. And basically his mom's fucking terrified of her, is what he says. I mean... He then says that they should have come to Cece's party regardless of their feelings towards Shanann. He said, quote... I'm not used to not having a relationship with my dad. I should have just called him before it got to this point where it got in my head. I didn't, and that's my fault. Now, I want to point out, too, that they are in. this is when he's in North Carolina. Yeah. So I kind of skipped a little bit. I apologize. Um, they're in the same house. And this is at 3 o'clock in the morning that these text messages are happening. They're in the same fucking house. That's weird. Just fucking talk yeah. to each other. I, I mean, he didn't seem like a confrontational no, and that's, person. Exactly. That's from everything that I've seen from him. Yeah. He just 
like, I like I saw. God, I shouldn't even say this, but like I saw parts of me in him. Like I'm, I think you could agree. Like I'm easygoing, mm-hmm. kind of, and I'm not exactly right. And we so, we mesh well. Yeah. So like when we fight, like, and it's kind of funny too because the shit that you're not easygoing about, I am. Yeah. So we kind of just trade off. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. But like when we fight, I also generally don't talk to you like you're a piece of fucking shit. Right. That's the other thing too. I mean, yeah. You know as well as I do what. I went through when you were in a coma. Yeah. And I still did not have such harsh words. I know. To say. I know. So, I I mean, as a mom and as a paramedic, I get it. I get why she was pissed. Because I've I've seen an allergic reaction go bad in a baby so quickly. But on the other hand, you're picking now. Like, you're, yeah. you're picking at him. You're saying that his mom did it on purpose. Did she do it on purpose? Who knows? I mean, maybe she doesn't know that allergies are that bad. Yeah, maybe she just doesn't give a fuck. It's her house. Right. She's a grandma trying to spoil her, I, her I, grandkids. It's I, their time. I get her mom doesn't, you know, his mom doesn't like Shanann, but I have a hard time believing that a grandmother would put a baby in danger yes. just to piss off the wife. I mean, exactly. that's pretty fucking extreme. Yeah. But, I mean, look at my mom. I mean, do you think she's going to remember everyone with... Jesus Christ, no. No. That's what I'm saying. No. She's not going to remember And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I have a hard time believing that She that has Cindy, how many grandkids? Right. And, uh, come on. Now, Jackie and I can name off everybody's well, allergies, yeah. but that's because we're anal. But I, yes. that's what I'm saying. I don't feel like a grandmother mm-hmm. would do it on anal. purpose. Oh, my God. To, like, put her... Grandchild, are you anal or poop shoot? (laughs) Are you done? Yeah, I'm sorry. You're not, but whatever. So, well, someone on Facebook said I should shut up more. So, which I love you. Thank you. (laughs) Um. So, uh, like I said, this was I skipped a little bit. I apologize. This is when he was in North Carolina. But again, I want to point out like how much he's commenting that this like blip in his parents' relationship with him is affecting him. I, I, I think, God, I don't even know. Like this, you know, how you brought up this incident with food allergy, like this was the straw that broke the camel's back. I think the fight I, was. I, I, yeah, but I think this is, I think his feelings have been, prior to all this oh oh i'm not i I think it's been building up i think he's he's had a hard time about their lack of relationship since they got married and i think this was just the kind of the catalyst to it all yeah so i probably should have done a trigger warning in the beginning too that we by are probably going to have very unpopular opinions in this case um and but again what's the point of victim shaming right i i'm not i mean this dude what he did to his family is just unthinkable right and but you have to look at the why i'm a big like why exactly and i'm not saying that this is the reason he did what he's what he did no but i think that this this was the straw that broke the camel's back and it's just we have again i'm not saying we're experts but you know we've come in contact Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. more with people like this Mm -hmm. that 
And shit, our parents could call it too, you know? who have, how many cases I've handled that the nicest people in the world and they fucking snap. Right. So, again, we are not going to have, we're going to continue to not have unpopular opinions. But what the hell is the point of doing a fucking podcast if we can't be honest about how we feel? Right. Enough to bring up discussion. However, I just want to say, though, if people are going to comment and bring up discussion, I would like it to remain respectful. Yeah. Because, again, we're not victim shaming. Right. We're not lessening his crimes in any way, shape, or form. We're just giving a background of the couple. Right. That was clearly documented and could be found anywhere. Mm. Not making anything up. I'm not putting words in people's mouths. This is all clear-cut documentation that... I could find it's right. just the nitty gritty part of it I think that people just don't talk about right so or are afraid to right so prior to Chris arriving in North Carolina Shanann was realizing that there was I mean a palpable distance between the two of them yeah he never took the initiative to call her the kids and that's when she you know told him call your fucking kids yeah she repeatedly accuses him of not missing her and she then says she realizes what's been going on since she's been gone and what's missing in their relationship is that it's one-sided emotions and feelings and that she can't come back to this and she really needs him to meet her halfway yeah she asked him to do at least this so i mean you have a woman who's struggling to hold on to her what she thinks is failing marriage yeah and you got a dude who's living the bachelor life for six weeks while yeah. his wife's out of town. And I, she would call him and he'd be like, oh, I have to go work out. And then not talk to her. So, Oh, he's working out. Yeah. So, she's, I mean, she's struggling with this. And yeah. I, I, she's fucking pregnant. Like, she's already an emotional shit. She's yeah. dealing with two fucking toddlers and her husband won't even fucking call her. Yeah. I get it. Now, when he arrived in North Carolina, he did not kiss or touch her. She had to initiate the kiss, and that was the only time. She texted a friend that normally he'll kiss her and kind of play grab ass and and stuff like that, and he didn't do any of that. So she was very upset about that. That night... I'm very upset that you never do that to me. Play grab ass? Yeah, why don't you play with my ass? You're sitting in a wheelchair... Well, he can pick me up. I can't grab Maybe I want my ass played with. You're sitting on it. Like, what do you want me to do? Just saying. Roll me over. I, people are going to get pissed about that, but whatever. I'll just start patting you on the head when I get home. Oh, God. Um, I do kiss you the minute I walk in the door. Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah. It's not like a makeout or anything. It's just, well, uh, hey, babe, I had such a hard day at work. <laughs> I was on Facebook all day. I can't go on Facebook. <laughs> are, are you done? The look of utter fucking disdain on my face right now. Like, I can feel it. You hate me right it. now. I can feel it. You're going to push me out the fucking I'm going right to, now. yeah. So, um, she, I love you. Right, I'm going to punch you for real. All right. I'll shut up. No, now. you won't. 
So she also texted a friend that night, um, you know, that she was upset that he didn't kiss her, touch her, hug her, and that she took a night shower, which means that she wants to have sex. Mm -hmm. He was in the shower. He gets out of the shower. Nothing happens. She texted her friend back that um, he completely rejected her, and she's sitting in the corner silently crying. So that's what I do when at you this reject point, me. Shut up. <laughs> Good Lord. So now she's like pissed. Yeah. Because she's like, well, I mean, you haven't seen me in five weeks and you don't want to fuck me. So who are you fucking? Yeah. Right. So she gets she gets fucking mad. Yeah. She then sends her friend a text that she woke his quote sorry ass up to confront him. And basically said, if you're not fooking me, who are you fooking? And he's like, no one. There's no affair. There's nothing. There's no fooking going around. Right. So on August 7th, 2018, the family returns from North Carolina. Yeah. On August 8th of 2018, Shanann talks to a friend via text and says that they are canceling the gender reveal party that they had scheduled for the 19th. She said that she wasn't really comfortable having it because it didn't seem like the right time or atmosphere. So she was just going to have her friend Nikki tell her that day because her friend knew she didn't. Um, I'm assuming they had already picked out names because they referred to the baby as Nico quite often. So it was going to be a boy. So they did find out on that day that it was going to be a boy. She asked Chris that day if he wanted to know. And he said, yeah, so it is a boy. They did decide that they were going to name him Nico. Kind of like that name. too. I do. Yeah. So then she continued to tell her friend that Chris told her he wasn't happy and they weren't compatible anymore. He thought that having another baby would fix his feelings and it didn't. He's refusing couples counseling and Shanann asked again um, if there was someone else. He denied it again and said that the opposites attract thing just wasn't working anymore. He did say, though, that he had not fallen out of love with her in five weeks. That's impossible. Quote, I'm not sure what's in my head. Yeah, it's been building. She asked him what changed over six weeks, and he said, well, I just had time to think. He then tells her that he's scared to death about having another baby. He's happy with just Bella and Celeste, and he doesn't want this baby. Mm. She's 15 weeks fucking pregnant. It's a little too late to decide you don't want this baby. Is it? And I might sound like an idiot, but like... It's too late. What's like the final week? 12 weeks. Okay. So, so he's he's telling her, no, I, I, I don't want the baby. So now she's trying to come to grips with that. And she's freaking out about having to now raise three young children on her own. On her own, yeah. And she's, she's not willing to accept it. She wants to fight. She wants her marriage. So, Which I think anyone would. Right. You know. So while he refused counseling, she asked him if he would be willing to read some marriage books, you know, for the two of them. He agreed. She immediately went on Amazon and ordered a couple books. Uh, I would have preferred therapy. He did not. He said he wouldn't sit on a fucking couch and talk to somebody else. It, it helps. I, I had to. I don't think he cared. I don't think he cared. I don't think he wanted to fix it. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah. You, you got to want, you got to want it. it, it you got to want 
to change. So, yeah. Apparently, after, <clears throat> excuse me, he agreed to read these marriage books, they they talked. Yeah, those and, one in the garbage. Uh, they do, eventually. Oh, believe it or not, they, it. they do. So, on August 9th, Shanann told one of her friends that her and Chris had had a great conversation the night before. Yeah. He agreed to read the book. Um, she was searching for couples counselors in the area, and they had planned a weekend getaway to Aspen after Shannon returns from her business trip. So that same day, Shanann left for a business trip to Arizona for Lavelle. Mm-hmm. She sent Chris a, a sweet text saying that she was going to meet him and then told him there was a letter on the counter for him. Yeah, I will summarize the letter. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, she did start it with, though, quote, my dearest Chris. She went on to explain how much she missed him. Um, she doesn't know how they fell out of compatibility. And the only thing that had changed his demeanor and his behavior was her fight with his mother. She went on to say that an apology would be nice, but there has to be mutual respect. So Shanann had told a friend when all this was going down that the last time Chris acted this way was after their wedding when he shut down because his parents didn't go. Shanann actually brings this up in the letter, saying the same thing. She continued to talk about Chris's mom in the letter and how she'll be civil to his mom if that's what it takes to not lose him. Quote, I can't and won't lose you without fighting for us. I will always fight for our marriage and you. This is the hardest thing I've ever gone through, but you are worth it. Tell me what you need. Hmm. On August 11th of 2018, Shanann notices a $63 debit on her bank account for a bar and grill. This was a, I think it was a Saturday. Um, Chris had said that he was getting a babysitter because he was going to a Rockies game with his friends. There was, in fact, a Rockies game that night, by the way. So she sees it. She's like, what the fuck? (laughs) She calls him and is like, what what are you doing? I thought you were at a fucking Rockies game. He's like, oh, we went out to eat later. I had salmon and a couple beers. And something about the conversation just didn't seem right. And she called bullshit. So she pulled up the menu. And with what he said he had, it would have been about $30. If you saw that on our debit... (laughs) You would immediately know it was food. Oh, I would be like, so he got the right side of the menu. This fat ass. I legit would not even have fucking questioned it in any way, shape, or form. So this asshole probably had two fucking burgers. My thought would be, he better fucking bring food on. Like, for real. Right? (laughs) So she checked the menu and was like, you are a lion sack of shit. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. No. That's all he could say. How did he go? No. So <laughs> she then saw, they have a doorbell camera. Yeah. Um, and she saw on that doorbell camera that he didn't come home until 1030 at night, mm-hmm. which was like hours after she had talked to him. Yeah. Well, so. I mean. He, we'll get there. He could have gone to the Rockies game. And he, I mean, we'll get there. He what did, time was the game? He did not go to the Rockies game. Okay. Um, so according to her friends, Shanann was just not herself the rest of the weekend. She seemed super upset. She wasn't sleeping. She wasn't eating. On August 12th, 2018, Shanann was scheduled to come home. Her flight kept getting delayed. Yeah. So, um, 
at some point during her trip too, um, I, it's, I don't know if it's ominous or whatnot, but Chris sent her a picture and it's of a doll covered by a sheet with just the doll's feet sticking out. What? I'll have to show you the picture. Like a dead body. That's what it looks like. With no text reference to it at all. What the fuck is and that? And she replied with, quote, don't know what to think about this. <clears throat> now, I will bring what? this picture up later because his dad has a crazy fucking theory about it. So, I mean, not much is mentioned about it. We have no idea who did it. And with all we know is that it, it did come from Chris's phone, 100%. It was taken on Chris's phone, time-stamped time on Chris's phone, and sent to Shanann from Chris's phone. On what date? What, like The day, uh, at some point during, uh, it was the 9th, excuse me, August 9th. So the day she left. Wow, that's... It's a weird, it's a weird fucking picture. Yeah, at that's... first glance, like, there was speculation that at first glance she thought it was one of the girls. And not like a Barbie. That's, that's creepy. Yeah. That's someone who's starting to snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Shanann is texting Chris. She's keeping him updated on the flight status and asking what kind of vegetables he's going to want for the upcoming dinner. Like, she's trying to make conversation with him, you know? None? Give me fucking burgers and pizza. He wanted broccoli or green beans, actually. Mm. So, and then she said, you know, do you want just spinach and salad and I'll go to Costco tomorrow? So, I'll, I'll throw it out there right now. I'll throw it out there again. Starting in January, Chris lost, like, a butt ton of weight. Yeah, he did. So he went from, like, 245 to, like, 170. Yeah. So he lost a shit ton of weight. Um, on August 13th at 1.48 a.m., Shanann is dropped off at her home by her friend Nicole Atkinson, who she went to the conference with in Arizona. She can be seen on the doorbell camera walking up to the front door and walking in. And this is going to be the last time that she is seen alive. And I think we should kind of... We are uh, stopping there. Yeah. So that is part one into Chris Watts. So, uh, again, Mark and I have a lot of unpopular opinions, and it is what it is. Like I said, if you can't can't be honest, what's the fucking point? Right. And like I said, we're not... We're not making stuff up. I'm not throwing information out there that I can't substantiate. And if I can't 100% substantiate it, I say that. Right. You know, I read it here, but I can't find it anywhere else. So right. I, I will say that. The stuff that I don't say that to. That if you it's drop been, your vape, I know. more fucking <clears throat> It's been substantiated. So this is all information that is public record. And if you dig deep enough, you fucking find it. Yeah. But it's just, like you said, the why, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, I, we get what this guy did. Mm-hmm. It, it, no it, one will ever truly know why. No. But, but there's so much it, more yeah. to their backstory that doesn't get mentioned. In the, exactly. That, that and that's I why, feel like is part of the why. And it should have been. Like, that's that's why I, I agreed to do this, because... Normally, like, you'll tell me a case, Mm -hmm. and, uh, okay, well, every fucking podcast has done it. Right. Like, it's, there's tons of documentaries, like, no. But this one, you did so much, you really did a good job 
like digging deep mm-hmm. in like the paranormal stuff is oh my god fucking creepy as yeah. fuck and it really is yeah that i mean my mind doesn't get blown that often right and i fucking blew your mind the other day you did i did you did so but but i feel like too a lot of the documentaries and the podcasts while they bring up that you know they mentioned chris's mom didn't go to their wedding they don't really bring up much more specific details about their no. relationship with Shanann or their lack thereof. And depending on who is making documentaries, mm-hmm. all documentaries... They it, side with somebody. They side with someone. Right. You know, so we're trying to... Not lay, side with someone. Right. But again... We're trying to lay it all out right. there. We're not condoning his behavior because no. he's, he's a literal he, monster. He is, yes, without a doubt he is. And they're regardless of what happened prior to there has to be something just sociopathic in you yes to do what he did and i believe it's in all of us i think we get to a certain point i mean now there's a lot of theories that i'm going to bring up in part two that weren't touched upon often at all like he, you know, the Thrive products. He just, yeah. you know. I mean, but what I was trying to get at before you fucking cut me off. Like again. you do to me all the time. <laughs> Continue. Um, I never spoke my mind. I was always quiet. Mm-hmm. I always did what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I did my job. I feel like I did my job fucking good. You did. And when I went through this illness Mm -hmm. and fought like hell to get where I am today. Mm -hmm. I I think I've earned the right to fucking speak my mind. And I, I have against my former employee, right? you know, my former employer, you know, but I I feel like if you're shitty people, I'm going to call you a shitty person. Yeah. If you're, if you're a dick and you're a dick to other people, Mm -hmm. you should be called out. Right. Fuck you. Right. And, and I just feel like if we're going to take the time to tell these stories, I think we need to tell all of it. Yes, I agree. And this is, as as much as I could possibly find, this is all of it. This, there was a lot of information that I didn't know, um, I think, that made a difference. I, I truly think that the lack of relationship between his parents and Shanann played a big role, played a huge part in it. And people don't, don't realize that or even think about it because you don't hear about it. You know that she didn't go to the wedding. You knew they got into a fight about fucking ice cream, but that's it. Like not what Shanann said and not how Chris tried to defend them. And you know, the relationship that Chris had with his dad and it's not, it's not brought up because it's all, his his motive was one thing and one thing only, according right. to everything you listened to. Yeah, of course. So, so that but was Chris that, Watts part one. Yeah, that was good. Um, we're gonna try to. I'm gonna try to do part two tomorrow. Yeah. Like I don't wanna, I don't wanna put it off long, because really no. I'm I'm in a groove and I'm fucking headfirst into this deep dive. And I'm trying to maintain. I got my doctor's appointment tomorrow. Yeah. I'm trying to hang in there. And then Tuesday. We yeah, have another one, but was, yeah, Tuesday is going to be a rough day. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, we'll try to knock this out tomorrow. I'm going to work on it. it up. 
I, I literally am only half a page into part two. So it's part two is, uh, I don't want to say it's very timeline, timeline oriented, but it, it is to a point at the beginning. T the like timelines are very important in the, in the beginning. So there's going to be a lot of dates thrown at you. Yeah. Uh, just keep in mind with that. Oh, I'm not um, remember shit, oh you're not, so. you're not. Um, part two is, uh, it's going to be graphic. Yeah, um, it is. I am going to go into specific detail about what he did and how he did it because I feel like, again, that needs to be heard. Yes. Because it's horrific. Yeah. And you really have to hear it to understand the monstrosity that he is. And just in general, how there are monsters. Monsters in this world. Yeah. Yep. There is true evil. Whether you want to believe it or not, yeah, there is, and yeah, and I mean, like I said, you guys, you guys all know the story. Um, I don't know if everybody knows how detailed he got in an interview about what he did. Um, it's it's horrific. Yeah. So trigger warning now. Obviously, it's going to include child murder. Um, horrific child murder. Just it's going to be yeah, it's going to be a hard one to swallow. So, FYI. But yeah, we will try to knock that out tomorrow, uh, if not as soon as possible, to yeah. finish the story. Yeah. So hopefully tomorrow. But yep. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed the first half. Yep. And uh, Violet, this one's for you. Yep, Violet, this was your uh, your uh, your fault. Yeah. <laughs> for this rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> um. Again, Lola, you're the shit. Thank you. Yes, thank um, you so much. I hope everybody keeps listening, and we want you to follow and subscribe and like and share. And we need more follower, followers on Instagram. Yeah. And we need more people to please follow us on Podbean and subscribe to Apple and Spotify. Yeah. Please. It would be much appreciated. Yep. But I hope you guys are enjoying us, and thank you for listening. Yep. And Come on back for part two. Yeah. Everyone that's been reviewing, you know, thank you very yes. much. Yes. Yes. I you appreciate know, it. The reviews have been amazing. So. Um, I mean, we just thought we were a bunch of idiots. We didn't think anybody right. would want to fucking listen to us. Right. But like, I, I wish I could explain to you guys how much we enjoy doing this, too. Yeah. So. Really, we really do. I mean, I think we would have continued to do it even if really nobody listened because like i think it's cool I, I, I do too and it's like our time yeah we sit and stare at each other for an hour and, and we're not really the date type of people dressing no. up i mean we're oh, always fuck no. in sweats we're always in if i have to put real pants on yeah <laughs> it's it's a so to do this is this is nice this is yeah. our our time together to talk about murder, murder and mayhem <laughs> What the fuck what, else would we talk exactly. about? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you guys once again, and we will be talking to you soon. With part two. Bye. Bye.